In this edition of Platform and Possibilities, we feature Miss Kimara Isaac. A native of St. Kitts and Nevis, Kimara developed a deep love for service at a very impressionable age. She pursued a bachelor's degree in hospitality management and a master's degree in business administration, concentrating on finance from Monroe College in the Bronx, New York. She currently serves as a partner to Monroe's international admissions team and is a primary liaison for Caribbean students and government officials and the broader higher education community in their home country. Kimara is dubbed the Monroe College Ambassador, a name she truly deserves. Join us as we hear Kimara's story right here on Platform and Possibilities. Hi everyone, welcome to yet another edition of Platform and Possibilities, a program that we, where we use the opportunity to present business and service providers who reside in the diaspora, St. Kitts Nevis diaspora and beyond. Today I am fortunate to have the beautiful and quite eloquent Miss <laughs> Kamara Isaac to speak with us a bit on who Kimara is as a service provider in the in the US. She currently serves or works with the Monroe College Institution um, in the Bronx, New York. New Rochelle, she's between both the New Rochelle and, and Bronx campuses. And um, Kimara is your your resume is so vast, um, and and so instead of me reading it or saying what you do, I know that you you were trained as a hospitality um, in hospitality management, and and that you also have a, a master's degree in in business, and that you've used that expertise in the not just in the hospitality field but also in human resources, recently earning that, that uh, certificate or certification in human resource management. So we, we really are pleased that you've taken the time to have this conversation with us where we are involved in the business of you know, inspiring and informing others and hopefully empowering them. So what can I say? Welcome, Kimara Isaac, to having this conversation at, on Platform and Possibilities. Thank you so much for joining us. Sure, it's my pleasure. Thank you for all those kind words. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So if you want me to start by telling um, the audience a little bit about myself, I will start by stating that I am obviously from St. Kitts and Nevis, Old Road particularly. I've lived in the Bird Rock area for a little while. I've lived in the Camps area um, for a little while. Mm. and. Essentially, I before I ventured into higher education, I always knew that I wanted to work with people. I always spent a lot of time going to hotels and so forth with my mom as I was growing up. And during the summer, I would always sell mangoes. So if anyone know my mom, they would probably know all of my siblings because every single summer we would be on the street at the market 
um, of the village at where we call the old hospital road in Boyd's. You think about it even as far as St. Paul's because I have some family there just selling mangoes and raising money to one and get um, school supplies for the new upcoming year. And I think that interaction with people every summer over the years going to the hotels with my mom as well has really made me a people's person and eventually i said that i wanted to you know go into hospitality because i love to please people. i'm a people pleaser mm -hmm. i've always said that i think i was born to serve so if that means that i'm going to be able to make others happy i think that's who i am as a person so while i was in school i got some awards i graduated at the top of my class in primary school i was the recipient of the warren tyson memorial scholarship from tdc and i was one of the key students even now when I go home and visit, I always do motivational talk to the students and I offer any type of educational services that I can to their students because that program helped me a lot financially, socially, and I think the folks around the TDC areas working with directors and the staff and even customers, it made me the person that I am today. So, with that experience, graduating at the top of my class in high school, the Virtuals High School, I was given additional scholarships. I went on to the local college where I completed the human humanities degree. I did two years of law, the Caribbean studies, and everything that some of the students there are doing now. So I have a very good understanding of what the students that I'm helping goes through and what they would have um, experienced. These are some of the things that I think makes me a lot different than many other international college advisors. The passion that I developed when I was younger, the fact that I have the experience in the education background that some of these folks have, putting all of that together makes me who I am today. So eventually I went off to study. I decided to choose Monroe College in New York because it's in New York. I didn't want to go to <laughs> St. Thomas or Texas or even the UK, even though I had applied and got scholarship opportunity to, to those areas, I was really looking at that dream of being in New York. Right. right. <laughs> so. I actually came, I studied hospitality management with a minor in marketing for my undergraduate degree. In the US, we have the opportunity to work for a year. I did that. I worked in the alumni. Is office. this after graduation that you? Yes. Okay. Um, during my studies, I work in the residence life office right. and the alumni associations with the directors there. Because the experience that I came in with from TDC for five years, it made me more ready to work along managers and directors rather than having an entry position. Understood. Upon graduating though, for the undergraduate degree, I landed a more senior role where I dealt with all the housing placements, mailing, and so forth. 
after that, after a year of doing that, I said, you know what, I'm going to go and get my master's degree. I decided to do the MBA with a concentration in finance. Eventually, after that, I was asked to work with the president's office. And since then, that is what I've been doing. So when I work with the president's office, because of the abilities and skills that I have because of my personality and my calm nature, it's one of those situations where I find myself doing different roles, working with different people at different times. And it was there that the president, back then the vice president, asked me to assist students from St. Kitts with admissions to the college. Within about a month or so of doing the job, I was able to get, I would say about three students to come to New York and they were very impressed. So they eventually asked me to take over the entire Think It's Market. Then they eventually added a few other Caribbean islands such as Bahamas, St. Martin. Eventually I started doing Dominica, Antigua, you think about the Caribbean island, I have possibly helped students there. On every go. island. What, what's the selling point that you typically use to encourage people to, to come to Monroe? I, well, I can tell you this. I really don't use a selling point. I think by the time that I got in to outreach for Monroe College, Monroe College was already well known because one of their things was they had always been going to these countries, visiting schools, doing presentations. But I think what, I, I will use the words that students say to me and parents say to me. They said, listen, I feel good sending my child away to New York because you're there. I would not have think about Monroe College if it wasn't for you. And then students would say, you made the process so clear so simple, even to the point where you're coaching me and giving me tips as to how to go about my visa interview, making sure that I have my folder together. These are some of the nurturing aspects that I bring to my job that I know makes me different from others. So I think these are some of the things that make people want to come because they feel safe. And as many students would tell you, even after they enroll, they would be always in my office. They're always calling me. They're always finding me on social media. And it has become one of those things where the demand is so much, it's hard for one person to keep up. So I find myself feeling sometimes disappointed that I'm not able to get back to people as quickly as I would like, because that speaks about you know, the way I work and stuff like that. So that is something that I would say I am working on this year to make sure I am able to get back to my response time um, to meet the demand that I have. But I'm only one person, so right. Right. I'm going to take it one day at a time. Right. This is such an, it's, it seems like, seems like such an overwhelming responsibility. Are you in a position to uh maybe have a student shadow you or is a school in the position to do that if, if the demands are so high yes so there has been conversations about um, me having someone assist me um the only 
thing is that with that assistance, I am going to be given additional responsibilities. I actually have those additional responsibilities as well. So right now, instead of just focusing on international students, I have now started focusing on students who are in the Bronx. So for the first time, I am actually going out to all of these high schools in the US and you know, meeting with their principals and their guidance counselors and so forth. So I think what it is, is that I have to get my head around that new role and that new project before I can actually see where I need the help. And then as I start looking for the help, I have to find the right person because I do not want the situation where I get someone and it takes away from what I want to bring. I was saying that um, when it comes to um, me getting the help I need, I think I'm being a little bit selfish on the path where I want to make sure that the students are getting the best. So I'm taking my time in selecting the person who is going to assist me. Because I know for a fact that St. Kitts is a small country and whatever background the person is coming with, or even if I get someone from the US, I have to make sure that they're able to meet um, the criteria and the standards and they have the same work ethic. I wanna make sure that when someone works with me, they love it as much as I do, which is probably impossible, but I would settle for at least half of the, you know, the charismatic nature that I have, the nurturing, nurturing nature that I have. So as I manage these different um, projects that I've been given, and I tell you, honestly, Miss Phipps, these projects, they come out of nowhere and I'm having to like, um, you know, just adapt really quickly. This is one of the most fast paced situation that I have encountered. And all of this is as a result of the pandemic because we had to make a lot of changes and make a lot of adjustments to accommodate the needs of students, the needs of the school, and to make sure that things continue to go. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you talk about the pandemic because I, I do know that there are quite a few students who uh, attend Monroe of course, from St. Kitts and even from the Caribbean as a whole. And I know that many had some challenges during COVID. And, and it's interesting to know that, you know, you're still in a position to entice people to come to the school. So even if there may have been, you know, some feelings of maybe being somewhat shortchanged during COVID because students didn't get the treatment they may, they, you know, they envisioned getting during a crisis, the fact that students are still coming is a plus. On the other hand, It'll be interesting to hear you talk about how how Monroe has assisted students who suffered during COVID and how Monroe is positioning itself to be available to support students in the future, considering, you know, we don't know where the next crisis will come from, etc. So talk a little bit about how, how Monroe has really assisted students during COVID and their plans for, for the future. Okay. So I would definitely say, and I was speaking to one of my colleagues um, in works with students in the UK, particularly, and she mentioned that when we were having the conversation, she mentioned that, you know, 
her institutions that she works with in the UK do not do as much as we do at Monroe. So two of the things that I would definitely say clearly that Monroe College has went above and beyond for students on a whole. And even though international students are sometimes left behind, we did our part at Monroe to make sure that our international students were not left behind. So for instance, as you may know, some institutions would have closed down the campus altogether where they suspended in-person classes. At Monroe, we did the same thing. Where other institutions were asking students to leave the dorms and, you know, just pack up their stuff and return home to exit the dorm to prevent the spread, we instead encouraged or we basically made accommodations for our students to stay in place if they wanted to stay in place meaning to stay in their dorms. They had the choice, of course, if they wanted to return home or go to a family member, but a lot of the students stayed. Some of the students returned home. I think that was one of the things that we did differently. We gave them the choice and we put the resources and the staff in place and followed all the proper protocols to make sure that they were safe within their dorms. The second thing that I think that we did differently, where other institutions may have been given assistance, COVID relief, financial assistance to students who are US citizens, we would have extended those funds to international students. So of course, if you are not registered for the semester, you won't get any funds. But if you are an active student, you're registered, you're taking classes, you have a tuition bill for that semester, you were able to get um, additional funds, even if you were getting scholarships, these were additional funds on top of that. So I know there has been some question about, well, I didn't get any funds and, you know, she got some and I turn and I would say, well, Miss Phipps, were you registered for this semester? Oh, no, 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 I had graduated, but I said, well, this is for students who are actively enrolled, students who have bills that need to complete their degrees. And, you know, so I understand when it comes to money, it's always, you know, a question. But I can definitely tell you that we did our part to not exclude our international students, just making sure that if they were enrolled and they needed the assistance, they can get it. But remember, all of these aid you would have had to fill out a form and get it and students got enough notification as to how to go about filling out the form and knowing who to contact to ask for those um, assistance because i myself received some of those calls and i assisted students when it comes to the financing and the finance team if i didn't hear from them then i did not reach out because of course everyone received um, communications from the teams right and it sounds like it's a it's a case of stay on the radar if you're not on the radar it, it makes it difficult to to find you mm -hmm. you know it's funny that you talk about the need for money the need for assistance well while you're finishing up you know want to become this graduate and then for those who are done the opt optional practical training, OPT, where 
do you feel the information needs to be strengthened for students to be mindful? Because I know you talk about the fact that one of the, the strengths uh, you have and the, the college the institution has is the ability to to you know share information with students so that it can be a seamless process and they can know what what opportunities there are you know while it, at Monroe and post graduate. How okay. do, what's there? What are your thoughts on how informed students are on that um, initiative, the optional practical training that helps them after they graduate? I would say, I would think that they're pretty informed. And I would also think that sometimes they may need to ask additional questions to get additional information in some cases. The reason why I would say they are very much, they're very informed is because I myself, one of the beauties of coming to the U.S. to study, because I assist students with going to St. Lucia and also doing their degrees online. But one of the beautiful things about studying in the U.S. is that you have the opportunity to practice and train. That is what it is, optional practical training when you're finished with your studies here in the U.S. That is something that all students, I tell all of my students, even at the time before they're even accepted to the college, before they even plan to go for a visa, before they even arrive here. During the orientation, when they first arrive on campus, not only do they have to check in with their visas and give us copies and so forth, but they have to attend an orientation. And there's a whole presentation, there's a whole slide on the optional practical training. More so, closer to the end of their studies, they are encouraged to attend a final presentation where students who are graduating, international students, that is, who are graduating, can attend an optional practical training workshop. If they attend, I don't know, but I do know that all students who are graduating like a semester before, they're given that information. So let's say you are enrolled and your last semester would be the January through April semester. Somewhere in between that semester, you're given information as early as January about that workshop. We have an entire office that is called International Student Services where when students are traveling, they have to get their paperwork signed for immigration when they re-enter. These are the folks who they will be asking those questions. Naturally, these are the folks who also register them each semester for their next set of classes. So when students are interested to learn more about the optional practical training, they have tons of information. They have a lot of people that they can ask. Now, I know for a fact that many of the students know about it, and I know for a fact that a lot of students don't take advantage of it only because they do not spend the time or they don't spend the energy to seek employment. Remember, as an international student, you only have a year to work in the U.S. Many companies will be happy to hire you for that year. 
But some companies may say, no, we want someone who can stay on after a year. But you have to do your part as a student to go to the job fairs that we have every semester where hundreds of employers are. You know, you don't miss all the job fairs every semester and then go to that one job fair at the end of the, when you're graduating and think that you're going to capture and get information from all these employers because it's a lot of employers that come on campus that looks for students for internship, full-time and part-time and OPT positions. So I think when it comes to that, students have to be more proactive in trying to make sure they start two semesters out by identifying some of those companies that be willing that will be willing to take them upon graduation for that OPT year. That's a good point. Not not to um defend not to defend the students who don't take advantage of of uh, programs such as you know um, recruiters coming on campus and co and companies coming. Not to defend those students who may not be as uh, aggressive in in pursuing those opportunities. But are the students actually seeing? the success of students who graduate before them benefit from OPT um, programs? Well, I think they see it, but I think that they are short-sighted in a way because I think that many of my students, not just from St. Kitts, but from all the Caribbean islands, I have found that they are short-sighted in the way, um, in the sense that many of them want to work on campus because remember once you get that job you're generally not going to lose that job and it's in your comfort zone it's what you're used to so i realized that and this is what i have realized i myself did it i would look only on campus for my know. optional practical um training position right and it got to a point when i was doing my search what i needed to do was I liaised with the career offices department. They worked up my resume. We did uh, mock interviews and everything. And I was ready to go out and see outside job. But just for the fear of the unknown, because, you know, I'm not American and, you know, all these different things, I just didn't really pursue it as hard as I would pursue going to every department on campus, trying to find out if they're going to need someone. So yes, they see the success. They see it on campus because it's at home. That's for me. Right, and Monroe College does a good job when it comes to making sure that they have a lot of opportunities for the graduates, the international students. And I would say again, because of the short-sightedness, maybe just the lack of you know maybe they're just fearful they just don't they they put more into trying to find those positions on campus which are very limited in comparison to what's out there that's what i think well you know you're so funny i'm gonna add to your your, your responsibilities now i'm gonna suggest <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we should think about how we could um create programs maybe it's an opportunity opportunity to create some some program to encourage them um the confidence obviously is not there in in pursuing opportunities off campus their comfort zone like you said is their comfort zone and maybe maybe a little short-sightedness but what would you recommend Can you say this? sure sure i can say that 
it's only certain types of international students that are nearsighted. Because when we get these students from Asia and India, students from the East, they generally do not look on campus. They look outside first. That's just what I see. Mm -hmm. And then if anything doesn't work out, then they may come on campus. But for most part, our Caribbean students are the ones dominating the part-time jobs on campus and the OPT jobs on campus. Our students from the East, and we get a lot of students because, you know, those territories are huge, right? We get a lot of students from there, India and so forth. They go outside. They just look elsewhere. I'm not sure if it's the mindset that they're coming in where they're coming to the West and they, you know, they want to have as much information as possible and they want to have all this opportunity and they're not so fearful. So maybe that's why they're more eager to go and do it. But I can definitely tell you that the nearsightedness, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about people like myself, people that are from the small islands, people that are from the Caribbean. And to add to your point of you adding to my responsibilities, I'm not quite sure how much um, impact I can make when it comes to that because someone found this very strange, but I didn't find it strange until they mentioned it. I do not work in the International Office for Student Services. I do not work in international admissions. I work directly with admissions on a whole and directly with the president's office. So when it comes to how they manage and how they do certain things, of course, I can make a call and say, well, what's happening here? Or can you do something here? But in terms of the everyday um, duties and responsibility, I am nowhere involved. I don't even register international students for their classes. So when it comes to that, I worked with the New Yorkers, the students who are American citizens, and even now in terms of my admissions role, they are moving me out of the international market and putting me in the local role because of the need to bring in more people to the institution and because they need someone with my ability to connect with parents because what I have found even though students were born and raised here in the Bronx or in Brooklyn, many of them, their parents are from the Caribbean or they're from Haiti or they're from Africa. So they they can relate to me, especially when I start speaking in my accent and it comes out, they can definitely say, okay, well, we'd like her, let her come to us, we'll work with her, that type of stuff. So that's the energy that I've been feeling in this new post and at the college in general. Right. So so based on your thoughts about um, students who may need to to rethink their options in terms of work, what's your recommendation? What, well, what's your final statement on that? What's your recommendation regarding looking beyond campus? Um, one, even in your first semester because if you're coming for a bachelor's degree you'll be here for about eight semesters generally if you're transferring in credits it may cut down to about four or five initially when you come position your mind 
to attend every single workshop that we have, every single career fair that we have with the intention of, okay, I don't graduate for another year, but guess what? These are probably the same list of people that are going to be back next year when it's time for me to look a job. You can volunteer at these events. The college is always looking for people to liaise with the employers, to make sure that the employers are okay. Their table is set. They don't need any assistance. They also make sure that their students work in the event. So position your mind to think. From the time I get to New York, my main thing is to attend as many workshops surrounding outside employment and attending all these career fairs where they go to the hotel or they come on campus and they interact with these em employers. The reason why I would say that is because I did that. I did that because I am always that type of person. That is why even when I worked now in my job at Monroe, I have never applied for a job. I have always been asked to take on a role. I have never asked. The only thing I did when I first came was ask about volunteer work. How can I volunteer? How can I do this? How can I do that? And it was during those events and those volunteering, I met people outside of the college. I have partnerships and networks outside. Even in your case, how did I meet you? I reached out to you to ask me if I can have students visit the UN to have some students watch our prime minister make an address because that's just the type of person I am. So I think that students have to position their mind to think, what is it that they need and how can they take small steps early? Do not wait until last minute to attend that one um, career fair and expect, expect an employer to just take you up just like that. But guess what? If you would have been going to every single fair and the employers are coming back and they see you all the time, they're gonna say there's something about her. There's something about her, let's give her a try. That's what I think. Great advice, Kimara. And yes, I remember when we connected and got the opportunity to see how many of our students were really moving and shaking and obviously under your tutelage. Talking about um, back then, you have spent how many years working with Monroe and what next for Kimara? Okay. I have, I started working with the college officially in 2009. So since then, I've been just evolving in different positions, working from housing. If you can think about the department, I probably work there. Um, so when it comes to what is next, as you know, I recently completed one of the highest certification in HR. The reason why I did that is because I just love working with people and I'm a people um, people person. I think, again, I was born to serve. And I know that when it comes to whether it's helping students understand the nature of work, because when you leave college, your next thing is work. So I think by getting that certification, it put me in a good position to understand all the different possibilities, all the different legal ramifications, all the different things 
that is associated with working. So perhaps next, I would look to find another way where I can gain some type of certification in helping people, but I have not figured out, okay, you love to help people so much. You love to serve so much. What is that one thing that you can do that others can't do? I know who I am and I know why people like me, but I think that just getting these certifications and sticking within that main realm of human resource, then I would probably find my way a lot more um, seamlessly. Because I can tell you, if I am an HR manager and you come to me and you want to raise, I'm going to give it to you. So the boss may not like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you know, I may even try to say, listen, I know you want the raise. You can't get the raise. These are what you need to do to get that raise, right. right? Those are the type of things and those are the type of qualities that I see in myself that others see in me. So for next, I just want to keep building on that and gaining the expertise, the knowledge and all the know-how so I can do a better job. So when I find it, I can say, this is what I've been preparing for. I am so excited hearing you talk. I'm already thinking of the, I know you had the YouTube um, series, uh, Kim the College Advisor, but I'm thinking now you need a series probably called Kim the Life, the Life Specialist because this is good information and it's so good that to see people who want to give back, not just to our Kitishan Net Navision, um, West Indian brethren, but just to people on a whole. I feel your passion and I'm so excited for you. When well, I, I can say um, the other next thing that I have to do for my Kitishans and Navision, so I hope none of my Bahamians and students <laughs> of St. Martin and so forth are hearing this, but I was able to put in place an articulation agreement with this college where I'm able to get the government of St. Kitts and Nevis and Monroe College to come together to put monies together so that way it reduced the cost for students on um, in terms of tuition. Wow. So students are able to get up to $15,000 annually if they come to New York and they're able to get up to $3,000 annually if they were to study online. What I wanted That's to huge. Yes, and this is something that has been around for quite some time. Since I actually started, it's something that I put in place. I was so happy that the folks in power, they were able to just come on board. They saw what I wanted to do and they say, wow, this is good. Um, I want to put something else in place that would help our students on the vocational side. So that is something that is going to be coming up in the near future. The only thing that I am working on now, now that I'm in the schools here in New York and I've not been, I can actually now tap in to some of my connections to see hmm, which school which organization am I going to reach out to and will the current administration or the next administration be willing to partner with that to make sure that the students are able to get that help? Because this specific help is mostly on the academic side. You're talking about accounting, business, even something like health service administration, public health. These are um, programs that they can get funding to now, but there has to be an option for people who want to do the more hands-on stuff. 
people who want to do electrical, people who want to do plumbing, people who want to do even construction, right? Because these are the people that runs our society, whether we believe it or not. Like, Karinja, I know that if something goes wrong with your toilet, you cannot touch that. And whatever the plumber charge you, you're going to have to pay right. because you can't do it yourself. Exactly. And these are all jobs that make the young people of my federation become entrepreneurs. Yeah. So that is what my short term, my next is. Yeah. So now that you asked me, I thought about it and I said that was something that I was thinking about. So I'm probably going to start making moves towards that. Awesome. And that speaks to the diversity of um, Monroe as well. You're thinking, of course, and it translating to what Monroe offers. So kudos to you for that. And, uh, yes. Impressive. So, <laughs> so we've talk, talked about all of the, you know, the academic side, the professional side of, of, of Kimara. And there's a personal side, which we don't ask so much on the personal side, but something okay. fun. What What is the thing that excites you a fun fact about you that we don't talk about when we talk about your work something fun about Kimara that we don't know um well I talk about when I go to schools and I meet with high school students I always talk about my daughter letting them know I have a daughter who's going into high school so I can definitely get some of the things their parents are saying they watch me like you have a daughter that I said yes <laughs> So that is one thing I am very big on, you know, making sure that she has an open mind. I think that is very, very personal to me. I would like when my daughter meets anyone, and I'm talking about meeting someone from a president of the college to someone as um, when it comes to the um, social status, someone who do just the minimum basic, she treats them the same exact way. She understands what is happening in the world today. So just as I keep my mind open and I read a lot and I look at different articles, I share them with her. So I think that is one of the biggest things that I try to do because even sometimes just talking to her, I said, wow, your mind is very open and I love that, right? And her teachers can see it and so forth. So that is very personal for me, making sure that she's very worldly and she understands and she feels good within herself as to who she is, understanding where she comes from and all of that. The other thing is that I grew up, as I told you, selling mangoes. My father is um, naturally a farmer. He spends a lot of times in the um, hills. So we always would go to the mountains. Just recently, I stepped into the Pinney's Beach Park in Nevis. And when I got there and I got out the taxi, my daughter with, was with us and I said, don't you just feel like, oh, you can just stay here? Nature, it does something to me. She said, no, it feels cool, but I don't think it affects me the way it affects you. So that is something that I try to do as well. I spend a lot of time with nature, try to go to parks and stuff like that. And I'm trying this year to get a little bit more active. Mm 
so I can be, you know, just a little bit more active, trying to do an hour maybe in the mornings before I get started with work and stuff. So those are some of the personal things that I would say that I'm working on right now. Thank you so much for sharing, Kimara. Every time I talk to you, I feel this buzz of energy, buzz of positive, such a positive vibe, right? And I, I love your confidence. And I think the students love what you provide to them. And I'm sure your president, who I met so many years ago, is quite pleased at the level of work that you put in and the results that you deliver on. So. Thank you, Kimara, for just being such a great, I think you're an ambassador to uh, to the Caribbean. I can say St. Kitts and Nevis as I always, you know, have on my chest or on my, you know, heart. But I, I see how you have been that face and voice for our Caribbean students. And I, uh, you know, I pay such respect and homage to you, um, Kimara, for, for working with our students and for being a bright light in our in our the lives of our young people thank you so much for spending some time for us with us and i always give you a chance you know for a takeaway make make a pitch at a student coming in september uh, spring, <laughs> spring next year whichever you choose um you know send um, take, take it away with your goodbye well what i want to say i would like more i would like to see more people apply for the scholarship i know we have always had a lot of people but based on the pandemic, many students have shifted to the online studies. I would love to see more people applying for um, scholarships to the HR department to take advantage of the study abroad opportunities as well. I would definitely like to see you guys if you're planning on starting your studies anytime next year and Monroe College have the area of studies. I would love to look at your applications and see what I can do in terms of offering scholarships. The government of St. Kitts and Nevis is very, very flexible. They do have areas of interest. For example, they're always looking for people who wanting to do education, anything in health, anything anything in like fighting crime these are some of the areas that you want to start thinking about pursuing careers in and i think overall if you were to apply for any of those programs and monroe college has it i will be happy to assist you i would be happy to assist anyone but i'm just saying we have so many people doing business and i always say to students honestly that they do business as a default, right? They do business because they don't truly know what they want to do. So my closing statement is, think about what aspect of business you would like to make an impact on. What industry you would like to go into before you decide to apply for school. Because at the end of the day, the employers are going to be looking at and obviously my HR certification is coming in now. They are looking for people who have specific skills, specialized skills to make an impact and take their company or organization to a next level. General business, you learn that in every aspect of every industry. So you really need to sit and think about 
what aspect of the company, what aspect of the industry you'll be able to make an impact, what you find most passionate, because at the end of the day, you're not going to be happy in a job that you do not love. I can tell you, my daughter can tell you, I work so much because I don't feel like I'm working. I feel like I'm helping out someone. Even if I was not working for Monroe College, I will be happy to do this for any other institution because I feel like I'm helping my people. So with that, I am going to close. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kimara, for your honesty, your openness, and your advice. We, we are thankful for you and for your service to our country, to others, to the world. Thanks so much for joining us on Platform and Possibilities, and look out for us to have you come back. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Ms. Thanks so much, Kimara. Take care. Bye. Bye. so much for joining us today on platform and possibilities you can also follow us on facebook at platform and possibilities or on instagram at plat and pos that's p-l-a-t-a-n-d-p-o-s-s you may also find us on youtube or right here on anchor thank you again for joining us on platform and possibilities goodbye